In this episode, I provide a review of a spooky haunted module, and I talk about magic and specials within the rule set. Welcome to the official Mithras Matters podcast, season one, episode 15, Spooks, Specials and Spells. Welcome to Mithras Matters, a podcast dedicated to the Mithras rule set and all its supplements. As always, I am your host, Inwills, and I must apologize if you found the podcast unavailable during the month of July. This was because I didn't pay for the hosting of the podcast in time. I host the podcast with a company called Buzzsprout. Other hosting platforms are available, but the reason I chose Buzzsprout is because I really enjoy their positive customer service and they allow me to see all the other analytics from other providers where the podcast is hosted. Buzzsprout does this all itself. So I just say, please post this to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and it happens. I have to say at this point that me not paying them wasn't due to me not wanting to, not being able to afford it, or even forgetting to. Well, maybe the latter is partially true. It was due to that awful moment when your credit card expires and you need to update card details absolutely everywhere. It always catches me out. So apologies if there was any sort of interruption to your listening. I've updated everything, so hopefully there will be no more issues relating to this. On a more positive note, another couple of reasons why I enjoy working with Buzzsprout for the podcast is number one, they have excellent videos on YouTube for tutorials, etc., And secondly, because they send me positive emails when I reach a target. So on the 7th of July, they emailed me to say that the Mithras Matters podcast actually reached a staggering four and a half thousand downloads. Woohoo! Sorry, I couldn't resist inserting the obligatory applause soundbite. If you listen or contribute to the show, then we have achieved this together. I do thank you all for your support. I really appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast or contributes or has kindly become part of my Patreon crowd. The whole podcast takes some time to create, write, record, edit and publish. And the workload is eased by your contributions and dedication. So again, a huge thanks. Is there ever a time that you can say thank you too much? Hmm. Okay, let's change the subject. Time for a bit of news as we delve into the campaign updates. 
So I am interested in how you all run your campaigns. There are only five of us in our group, myself, Mr. Pickles, Longshanks EPG, Captain Kangaroo and Medivac, who sometimes has the addition of the healing Hoover in his gamer tags, which is just far too long for the streaming overlays. Now, I think this is a good group size. It has a range of characters or classes and provides a nice role playing dynamic. However, there are times when one of us cannot make the session, including myself, and currently we cancel the game and stream for that week. And I was wondering, what do you all do when you're one person down for a session? And I include the GM in that. We have that go-to rule that actually we don't play if one of us is not there. This is mainly because we don't like the idea of another person playing our characters and are not keen on the, oh, the character has just wandered off, got lost and only manages to find their way back at the start of the next session. There is also that moment if you have been away for a session, whether or not your character knows something or doesn't know something, despite the rest of the party stating that they've brought everyone up to date with things. Of course, we actually record our sessions, so the player who is absent can look at the video. But even then, which aspects of the video do does their character know and does their player know? So I would be interested in what you actually do. So why not add them in the comments below this post on the Design Mechanism Tapper Talk forum? There'll be a link in the show notes. I'm going to try and be more consistent with my postings and interactions there. So do check out the post. OK, back to campaign updates. That wild and wayward waffle was just my way of saying that the players have been away, so we haven't been playing that much. We have been doing a module, however, which has been really enjoyable with some pre-generated characters, and there will be a review of that module later on in the show. Captain Kangaroo, the new player to the group, um, having played the module, has created his character for the main Odes campaign and has gone with a sorcerer, which keeps the group well balanced. But interestingly enough, he has gone with the Battle Mage Order of the Phoenix. Hope that's not copyrighted by the author of Harry Potter. Anyway, um, yes, he will be a sorcerer, a red robed sorcerer. So we're very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out in our future adventures. OK, that's it really for campaign updates. So let's move on to the next segment. I'm always looking for people to contribute to the podcast to allow people to share their expertise with us. I know that Rael has been requested a lot for some more homebrew segments. Come back soon, Rael. And Loz Lawrence will be back next month with some Mithras updates. But if you would like to contribute, then why not just drop me an email or message and let me know what you would like to cover. I'm always looking for reviews or interviews with people. I would really like to get an episode focused on classic fantasy or Luther Arkwright, After the Vampire Wars or M-Space. 
So please, if you play any of those games and would be willing to contribute or to be interviewed, do get in touch. You can email me on inwills at gmail.com or send me a message on the various forums I frequent. I'll put you at ease in interviews and I'm a wonder with editing. I can make you sound like me. What? Did you really think this was my real voice? Anyway, next up, a review. I never know whether or not I should create some jingles to move us between segments. I had a few from my radio station before it folded due to lack of listeners. Jingles like this one. Geeky Inwells. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, no comment. So in order to allow new players to become accustomed to the rules of Mithras, I either encourage them to play an NPC for a while in the main ODES campaign, or we do a module with pre-gen characters. Recently, we have just finished a module called Brock Grodnath, and I wanted to share with you what we thought of it. Okay, so for starters, let me read you the summary. Don't worry, there will be no spoilers. The adventurers are hired to find an unusual object that is believed to be among the collections of a strange disgraced family in a great home that is shunned. The item is indeed there as are clues about the family and its fall and worse things. This is a haunted house scenario with its own defining twists. Its key features are creepy atmosphere, disorientation and horror. There are three major antagonists, but fighting them is dangerous and could be pointless. The exploration is the main challenge due to the nature of the Brock itself and its haunts. I like a lot about the Mithras rule set but one of my favorite positives is its flexibility, which allows it to be used within a variety of settings. I've always been a great fan of Call of Cthulhu game, actually owning the original box set when it first came out. Although I have played the game using the Call of Cthulhu rules, I've long since recognized that it is the setting and the style of play which the game promotes, which I enjoy. As you can imagine, after reading that summary, I was hooked and keen to play this adventure. The module is centered in an unusual brock, um, which Wikipedia explains as an Iron Age dry stone hollow walled structure. As stated in the module notes, this module is perfect for a one shot adventure or can easily be slotted into a larger campaign even if the overall setting is not that of the late ancient dark ages of Britain. The module itself is 14 pages long and maintains the publishing company's style of striving to provide high quality writing in a stylish minimalistic presentation. 
The module itself contains all the stat blocks for the encounters and the main antagonists, as well as four pre-generated characters with which the adventure can be played, although it would be quite simple to use existing characters if you wished. There are also some basic floor plans which are adequate for supporting the descriptive narrative of the setting and provide all the information the GM needs to communicate the haunted nature of the house. The adventure flows really well and due to how the adventure is, has been created, the progression is really up to the GM. But in order to give you some idea about how long the module would last for, we used three gaming sessions to play the module, each session being about three hours long. This seemed to be ample and allowed us an unrushed approach to the adventure with plenty of opportunity for role playing. As a GM, I really enjoyed the module and the setting. I would advise you that you do carefully read the whole module before GMing it, since it is not your usual do this room and then move on to the next one sort of adventure. The encounters are well linked together and you will need a good overall view of the whole adventure in order to maintain the threads of the main storyline throughout. We actually had a gap in our playing um, between sessions two and three, and I do regret not refreshing myself with the module, which did mean that some of the main plot points might have been dropped. I'm a GM who really likes the narrative, and although I'm working on removing the erms from my description, the module really allows for that descriptive and detailed visualization of the scenes. If you are planning on playing the module, you might want to skip over the next bit as I play for you the description of, of one of the corridors in the Brock. If you listen to it, you might be tempted to experience it. Oh, uh, as these worms, so like constant, so like you know when snakes are born and there's a writhing mass of them. It's just mm, just no. like that all the time, and the smell, the the smell is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> it's it oh. it just smells as if um, there's been a compost heap here um, with both animal rotting waste, human waste all in together. And it's sort of like assaulting your nasal passages. And uh, so there's this sound and all the time you just keep going, even when you're talking to each other, you sort of, you know, as it's like, a, you know, and they just seem to be constant. It, it gives you that moment when you, every now and again, you just sort of like shiver to think that you will be, if you're planning on walking through it, um, you, you, yeah, that's what I thought. Marky Mark says um, 20 meters is around 65 feet. And that's why it's, <laughs> it's more about uh, 10 meters. Yeah. So, yeah, um, just just out of interest, uh, are you planning on wading through this and just check what you would have on your feet if you if anybody's got open toe sandals at this point? <laughs> yes, not a good thing. Well, personally, I, 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 um, fair enough. I'm sure to the ladies and he'll say, look, 
let's face it, we're not going to go through the middle of this. We're going to walk around the edge of this. We'll follow the wall. We'll use the wall as a brace and just follow it around. The rope thing's brilliant. If anybody goes down, we bring it back up. So, yeah, brilliant. All right. I'll follow you then. Before we go in, um, Freya would like to use her broadsword to stab into the, the a close area of the, the mess to see mostly is there ground underneath and is the ground stable? Okay. And also do these things react to a blade? Yeah. Um, so do you want to actually go through one of them? Is that... I just want to stab down into a spot, okay, then, kind then, of roughly it. center in the walkway, yeah. I guess. Okay, then. So just roll me a combat roll, just so I get a, some idea of h- how good it is. You know, if you fumble, I just want you to drop the sword. That's <laughs> well. How about you? Oh, yeah. So you sort of like. Um, oh my lord! You sort of like um, push it um, down, and it sort of like goes into the worm and it's just sort of like squash it there seems to be a bit of a give and then it's all like goes you does that make sense so as your saw goes in it's all like takes a bit of the skin with it and then it goes like that and it seems to go down and you sort of like um hit the um the ground there's definitely ground um at the bottom something quite solid and as you sort of like put it in this worm, um, you said you wanted to know how it reacts. It sort of like almost like undulates and almost like goes into some kind of a frenzy. And you sort of like pull it up, and there seems to be your your sword seems to be relatively um, clear and clean. Sorry, but the interesting thing is, as you pull it out of this worm, this yellowy pus-like substance just sort of like goes. And almost as if it's been arterially pumped out of it, if that makes sense. It's not spraying anything, but you can see it sort of like the worm is slowly almost like deflating as its life juices that seem to be very yellow and pus-like and gangrenous slowly sort of like ooze and, and pump pump its way out. And the the other worms almost like sense this and as you look at it you see them all sort of like the frenzy gets a lot faster as they sort of like try to wrap themselves around and you can't see any faces or maws or mouths or anything like that it just seems to be um almost like constricting it as if it's some kind of ball and you you see this pulsing yellow bit so like oozing out it's thick and pus like and then that worm that part of the worm seems to be covered up with with other worm the module was created by matt eager who has featured on this podcast before And it was really interesting to hear his feedback on the sessions as we played through the adventure. I think that I might have missed out some of the subtleties of the storyline, but I am putting this down to the gap in the playing sessions. So if you like Call of Cthulhu-esque approach to adventures, then this is definitely a module for you. As a GM and player, you will enjoy the twists and turns of the plot and definitely be surprised at the end, if you survive. 
Brock Grodnath is published by the Old Bones Publishing and is available as a PDF version from drive through for $3.99 with a free taster available as well. Is it too early to mention Christmas? If not, get it on your Christmas list now or maybe have it in hand when you suddenly need one of those one-shot adventures. The links to the module are in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about magic in your campaigns. I've used a variety of software to support my campaign information. I really liked Realmworks for this, although I was a bit disappointed that I didn't have a web browser format for the software. This is because it is PC based and I really need a web browser format because my laptop is a MacBook Pro. A while back, I came across an online platform called World Anvil, which I tried to use but couldn't get to grips with. Plus, I was put off by the number of adverts on the site. However, recently I came into a bit of cash. I got a few gifted subs on Twitch and sold a t-shirt. So decided to invest in um, a sub for World Anvil. Now, despite what I wrote on my blogging site before in wills.co.uk, I am really enjoying transferring and developing my campaign on the World Anvil site. I'll do a complete review and share it with you in another episode, but wanted to mention it here because that's where I keep my orders of the sorcerers for my current campaign. You can find the link in the show notes. The reason I'm mentioning this and is that in the title of this episode, I mentioned spells, and I am interested in how you actually organize your spells within your campaigns. In episode eight of Mithras Matters, I shared with you how I accommodate mystics in my campaign. And today is the turn of the sorcerers. In Odess, it is not wise to be a sorcerer without being a member of one of the orders. Some renegade sorcerers do exist, but these are frequently hunted down and persuaded to join an order or appear to disappear on a lifelong quest to the afterlife. Yes, they are eliminated. I wanted sorcery to be a very powerful set of spells, and this is why the orders exist, more for control rather than membership. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. There exist four orders, each order having a colour, an emblem, and an area sorcery which they excel at. These are the White Order of the Dragon, the Healers and Protectors, the Black Order of the Lich, the sorcerers who deal with disease, undead and deceit, the Blue Order of the Kraken, who are experts in teleportation and communication. This is the order which Gulliver belongs to. And finally, the Red Order of the Phoenix, whose expertise lie in tactics, strategy and damage. These are the battle mages who have just added Captain Kangaroo's new character to their ranks. I really wanted to create a structure that could lead to internal politics and political gains and subterfuge. Each order has limitations on the spells they can use, so often they have to make necessary alliances, but other times they can oppose each other. 
plenty of opportunity to engage with the social conflict rules which came out in Mithra, in the Mithras Companion. They are ruled by the Council of Orders, which elects a leader from within its ranks. Um, there are three representatives from each order that goes to the council, and these are elected each year. I really was looking for a system which meant that the players were limited in their spell choices, but at the same time allowed plenty of opportunity for role-playing. Currently, it appears to be working, and it was interesting to see how Gulliver reacted when he became aware that his master he was searching for was actually a member of the Black Order rather than the Blue Order, which Gulliver was a member of. I'm looking forward to more political intrigue concerning the Orders, and I would love to hear how you weave sorcery into your campaign. Do you have Orders which the players can join? Do you restrict the spells which they have access to? And do you promote that political intrigue? One of the great aspects of belonging to a gaming community is the sharing of ideas. So do let me know how you deal with the sorcerers in your campaign. So one last segment before this episode finishes. Combat specials in the Mithras rule set, I think, are one aspect of the rules which really bring combat alive. I think it allows the fighter types to really have expertise and flourishes in their craft or art. No longer are they merely fighters. They are experts in disarming, compelling surrender or even scarring their opponent. I'm currently working on a rule video which looks more at these combat specials. And if you haven't seen or played Breaking the Habit and Taking Cover, then do check these supplements out. Both look at specials which can be used within different combat situations, with Taking Cover looking specifically at ranged combat. There are also everything that you need to run these modules within Roll20 provided. There are also specials within Spirit Combat. And it got me thinking why there are no specials within spellcasting. Most spells have a resist element, so a differentiated role or an opposed role could be used, and some combat specials appear to lend themselves quite easily to spellcasting. For example, maximum damage, which could be applied to both healing and damage spells, and choose location appears to be well suited as well. Even a rack spell could be used to disarm an opponent or even compel surrender. So why aren't they available? Would this actually make spellcasting unbelievably strong? Should the specials remain the sphere of the fighter types only? Well, I'm definitely going to start a chat about this in the forum. So do share your experience, thoughts and expertise. I just need to gain a special from an opposed role so I can choose location for the forum topic. And that's it. Another episode of Mithras Matters completed. I'm going to head off and write some more of my campaign background and a new adventure for my group. So until next time, have a great month of gaming and I will chat to you all again in September when Loz will be joining us to provide one of his exciting updates. 
Until then, I hope all your opposed roles succeed and provide you with a well-deserved special. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Bye. content of this podcast is covered by the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. So please give appropriate credit if you are sharing or copying any part of this podcast. Thank you.